West Sylvania. So this mini episode is going out to my cousin Anton. Sup, dude? Welcome to the Varieties of History. I am your host, and today I will talk to you about a place called West Sylvania. This mini episode was sparked for me because I got a lovely text from a cousin who let me know that they enjoyed listening to my podcast and to continue doing what I'm doing, which is awesome, and that they couldn't wait to listen to my next episode on West Sylvania. And because I was going to be done with my states that didn't exist topic, I decided, well, you know what, maybe I'll just do another one because he had mentioned it. And I'm really glad that you listen to my my podcast, Tony. <laughs> and um, so I'm, I guess, not done doing my states that don't exist because now I'm going to talk to you about West Sylvania. He made me do this. So I hope you stick around and I will be back in just a moment. Yay! So here is a quick history of West Sylvania. This proposed state is located in what we now know today as West Virginia, southwestern Pennsylvania, and parts of Kentucky, Maryland, and Virginia. This would have been the 14th state. It was proposed during the beginning of the Revolutionary War period. So this all came down to regional disputes um, about state boundaries. And so here goes. During this period of time, the western part of PA was considered wilderness, like no man's land. I mean, there were people that lived there, and I'm saying Pennsylvania, but this also includes Virginia and all the other states that I mentioned that were not really states yet. Um, so, and it was kind of off limits for settlement, which I'll talk about in a second. So the area they proposed turning into a new colony included southwestern Pennsylvania. Um, initially, people wanted to make this state, or a colony, originally a colony, called Pitt-Sylvania. P-I-T-T. -T, like, think of Brad Pitt. <laughs> but um, in honor of William Pitt, uh, which you can look up online if you really want to know about William Pitt. But then he changed it to Vandalia, like a vandal. Think of the word vandal with L-E-A, yeah at the end of it. Because Queen Charlotte, wife of George III, claimed to be a descendant from the Vandals, a Germanic tribe. Okay, so let's talk about Vandalia for a minute. I thought this was a West Sylvania episode, but there's more. So, two companies combined forces in 1769 to create the Grand Ohio Company, hoping for Vandalia to come to life, which would have had similar borders to West Sylvania, hence the reason why I'm discussing Vandalia. During the latter half of the 1700s, land west of the Appalachian Mountains was still not yet occupied in large numbers by Europeans, but eventually many colonists would ignore this thing they called the Royal Proclamation of 1763, which prohibited, <laughs> you like my voice? <laughs> which prohibited settlement past the Appalachian Mountains on the other side. And then in 1768, the Fort Stanwix Treaty 
moved the boundary a line further west and interest in settling in the West Virginia re region became more enticing. A group of American and English land speculators formed the Grand Ohio Company, which I just said before, called the Walpole Company, and in 1769 began to lobby for a new 14th colony called Vandalia, which we would say a state, right, 14th state, whatever, in the region of modern-day West Virginia and part of Kentucky. The opposition to creating Vandalia did present itself, though. So Lord, a guy named Lord Hillsborough in Great Britain and um, by the colony of Virginia. So this, these opposing forces were Lord Hillsborough in Great Britain and the colony of Virginia. And I, uh, pardon my, my voice, I've been losing my voice. I think it's allergies. So if I sound like I'm being strangled, that is why. I'm okay, though. I can still talk. Hopefully I don't sound too annoying. Um, Vandalia had chartered, um, had a charter drafted, but uh, was found to have, hap like, was happened, <laughs> like, was, I can't talk today, apparently, because apparently I'm losing my voice, and apparently I cannot read words. So, like was found to have happened in the case of Absorca in one of my previous episodes, and the war, World War II being that war during the time of Absorca, Vandalia having the Revolutionary War as its current situation, the state was left on the back burner, or the idea of proposing this 14th state or colony was on the back burner. Before the American Revolution, the land west of the Allegheny Mountains Think around Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to the west, right, western PA, along the Ohio River, had been disputed between British colonies of Virginia and Pennsylvania. It was unclear if Pittsburgh was part of PA or VA, I'm just using those instead of Pennsylvania and Virginia, um, in the 1770s. Both colonies thought of themselves as holders or possessors of the land, and Virginia administered the region as the district of West Augusta, while in Pennsylvania, it was considered part of Westmoreland County. Complicating this border dispute were the vast land claims of the Ohio Company of Virginia and the Indiana Land Company along the Ohio River. The Mason-Dixon Line, which established a border between Pennsylvania and Maryland, would have also settled the the Virginia and Pennsylvania boundary dispute, but this survey of the final miles of the Maryland line would not be completed until the 1780s. So this is super utterly confusing just to me reading it, and I'm sure you listening to it would probably think it's also very confusing, but it's a bunch of land disputes and that's all you really need to know, and that is why West Sylvania came to play. Okay, my episode is done. Goodbye. No. <laughs> There's more to it, and I will be back in just a moment. And I am back. So, in 1773, which I forgot to mention within the notes earlier um, when I was reading to you guys, uh, Virginia's royal governor, Lord Dunmore, visited Pittsburgh and uh, began actions to try to take over his ever-so-loved-and-fought-over location 
1774, Virginia organized a local militia, replaced Pennsylvania courts with Virginian courts, and occupied and renamed Fort Pitt to Fort Dunmore. And as with the states that never came to be, that we learned about in uh, previous episodes, settlers believed that uh, Virginia and Pennsylvania governments were so far removed from the people that they didn't matter. Like, as people, they didn't matter. So they tried banding together to, you know, make their own state. And, in American fashion, and inspired by the ideals of the American Revolution, in the summer of 1776, settlers in the region decided to proclaim independence from Pennsylvania and Virginia by petitioning the Second Continental Congress to recognize Pennsylvania as the 14th state and they quote, separate, distinct, and independent province and government of Westsylvania. Western states and their land claims were uneasy with the idea of independence of frontier regions. Congress chose to ignore the petition and in an apparent effort to strengthen its political control of the area, in November of 1776, Virginia reorganized the District of West Augusta into three counties, Ohio County, Monongalia County, and Yohogania County. And the um, Pennsylvania and Virginia finally settled the boundary dispute in 1780. The boundaries between Virginia and Pennsylvania became clearer, but it wouldn't be for another 83 years until a new state of West Virginia was formed. Now, West Virginia became a state, the 35th state, to be exact, in 1863. So we're talking about, like, 80-something years. That's insane. Um, so thinking about the confusion of land holding and land disputes, settlement claims, and all that jazz leads us to discover that the Western Pennsylvanians didn't always believe themselves to be Pennsylvanian and actually believed themselves to be Virginian, and therefore the tax just seemed like utter nonsense. People were still frustrated with those living on, and I'm using air quotes here, Indian lands outside of the legal settlement area, and believed this to be a problem because Native peoples were increasing attacks on the western frontier. Hugh Henry Brackenridge, an interesting fellow um, that you can look up if you want to, tried to sway the opinion of Pennsylvania the Pennsylvania Assembly to declare that what the West Sylvanians were doing was treason and continued to promote for and if, if they continued to promote the statehood of West Sylvania, that would be considered subject to the death penalty, which seems insane, and it actually was a law. <laughs> so, um, I don't know, I think I want to continue to just be a Pennsylvanian or a Virginian. I don't know if I'd really want to be a West Sylvanian if I'm going to die for it, but some people really felt strongly about it. And um, there was a secret agent from Pennsylvania by the name of Reverend James Finley who threatened that the settlers' land be sold which eventually led the movement to be quelled uh, for a little while for West Sylvania. And you see, there was this ongoing border war between Pennsylvania and Virginia. Once the boundary, li boundary lines were changed, people became Pennsylvanians, and some were pretty irritated that they were no longer Virginian. Pennsylvania has an interesting history to begin with, 
It's historically a Quaker-dominated state by its laws and some customs, but they eventually banded together to try to create their own state, which made up part of PA, West Maryland, West Virginia, Kentucky, both of which were part of Virginia at the time. Then eventually came the Whiskey Rebellion, and yes, there's another thing tied to this West Sylvania story, in um, 1791 to 1794 is when the whiskey tax was enacted from 1791. And the tax was intended to be used to pay off debt from the war with Britain. But there are other, um, there's more information about the Whiskey Rebellion that you can look up if you're interested in it. But I can also do another episode on it in the future, which may be interesting to you. So we'll think about it. But that's like a completely other subject in itself. This whiskey tax affected those who made, um, who made whiskey in western Pennsylvania. Just briefly though, um, the tax was applied to distilled spirits, which is not great when American whiskey is rapidly expanding for consumption in the late 1700s. Farmers of the western frontier were the ones who distilled their surpluses of barley and wheat, rye and corn, fermented grain mixtures and things to make whiskey. These farmers were not really thrilled with the tax and in these regions whiskey often served as like a bartering tool of sorts. Many of the resistors were war veterans who believed that they were fighting the principles of the American Revolution in part in particular against taxation without um, without local representation because they felt the government was just too far away and didn't really care, but now they care because they're taxing them. Sounds the same as Texaloma, sounds the same as Absorca, and all the other states I've covered in previous episodes. But while the federal government disagreed, they stated that the taxes were the legal expression of congressional taxation powers. So, anyway, this craziness just keeps going on and eventually West Sylvania just doesn't become anything and neither did Vandalia even though West Sylvania and Vandalia never became states they do live on in people's memories so there is a jazz and blues fest called the West Sylvania Jazz and Blues Festival in Indiana Pennsylvania and the Vandalia gathering in Charleston West Virginia which are held every summer and the failures of the campaigns for Vandalia and West Sylvania actually created a way for West Virginia to become the only state created out of the Civil War. And well, that is it for this week's episode on West Sylvania. And a big shout out to my cousin who I mentioned earlier as Anton, and I think I did call him Tony, but I always call you Tony. Thanks, Tony. I'm glad that you listen to my podcast. It makes me so happy. And I'm hoping, really, really hoping that your wait for West Sylvania was worth it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Varieties of History. On my next episode, I am hoping, fingers crossed, to feature a special guest. I'm not going to name him now. um, But Yes, it is a first guest on my show, and I really, really, really hope it works. Um, When we talk, we are going to be talking a little bit about abandoned places, 
specifically those in the corner of my region of Pennsylvania. So I hope that you guys join me next time for another episode of the Varieties of History. And if you would like to reach out, you can visit my Facebook page on the Varieties of History, just the Varieties of History, and you can reach me um, at Gmail at thevarietiesofhistory at gmail.com. Thank you for sticking around, listening to my strangled voice. I hope you guys tune in for the next episode when it comes out, and I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Bye.